At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into the Nuts Season 1, Episode 136. My guys in the cornfield. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Mole Shaw. In 10 minutes, we've got Paul Allen, PA on the mic, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings and of Canterbury Park. He's going to join us. We'll talk about the NFC North as well as Star of the North. Terrific young Minnesota-bred Philly, Mole. I'm sure you're interested where she'll be running next. No, I'm not. Amal, a lot happened in the last 24 hours. We had the NBA draft, major trade with the Lakers, baseball trade deadline this afternoon tons of moves this way that way deal still in the works for Max Scherzer with the Dodgers what surprised you the most in the last 24 hours I thought the Padres were going to wind up with Scherzer and if this deal ends up uh, being cemented and he winds up in Los Angeles wow they become huge favorites he becomes their number one pitcher even with Walker Buehler you think of the combination of whether it's Urias or Kershaw along with Scherzer and Buehler in the postseason they're still in the mix to get Craig Kimbrell it's going to be very difficult to see a team overcoming them but I'm telling you Mike don't count out the Milwaukee Brewers if they can find a way to hit. I still love their starting rotation. Peralta last night, what a game. Terrific. That was one of his losses. He yeah. got beat 2 to nothing uh, at, uh, at PNC by, the, by uh, Pittsburgh uh, about three or four weeks ago on a Sunday. He came, bounces back with the win last night. I agree. Are they going to go out and get a major bat, though? The Brewers, so far, not very active uh, in trade talks. Briefly, I want to touch before we get more into baseball. Originally, Woj reported Buddy Heald to the Lakers. Cham Serrani was right. It's Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. Do you like the move? I actually like the Heald move better. I love this move because I hate the Lakers, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to see them toil in just absolute mediocrity next year. How can Russell Westbrook coexist when he had difficulty coexisting with Kevin Durant already? Now with LeBron James, who's ball dominant, you've got Russ, who's going to be ball dominant. I don't know if there's a player in the NBA that takes worse shots than Russell Westbrook. This Supreme Chucker's going to go play with LBJ. Boy, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. In the, uh, the market for past their prime point guards, has, doesn't Chris Paul <laughs> got to be saying, what about me? Well, the problem is he's a biscuit away from being too heavy. And when you look at Russell Westbrook from an athleticism standpoint, still brings a lot to the table, younger than uh, Paul. And I think Chris Paul basically had his opportunity. And by the way, he can go back to toiling in anonymity and getting bounced after having 0-2 leads four times. About 2.30 yesterday afternoon, you talked about this at the Open. It looked like the Padres were going to lock up Max Scherzer. We moved the odds here at Circa for the Padres to win the World Series from plus 975 down to plus 675. Had to move it back now when it looks like it's the Dodgers. Actually, it's probably going to go the opposite way with the Padres going above 10-1. to 1. I don't know how short you make the Dodgers if this deal gets done, but they certainly go a long way to shore up the rotation. Once again, David Price starts uh, in Bauer's spot for the fourth consecutive time the Dodgers lose the game. Their bullpen left wanting. I know they're going to look at Kimbrell here. 
But this would have been a great deal for the Padres, not only to get Scherzer as a number one, but to have a true leadoff hitter in Trey Turner, if that's uh, part Turner's, of the deal. <laughs> Turner's been unbelievable. The catalyst with those guys behind him, Bellinger, Seager, Betts. I mean, can you imagine how formidable this uh, one, two, three, four is going to be? You know, you mentioned Trevor Bauer. I think this now opens the door for Los Angeles, regardless of what happens with Bauer to part ways with him. You bring in Max Scherzer, you say, Trevor Bauer, thanks, we don't need you anymore. And if you look at it from a clubhouse perspective, you know, Mookie Betts and Max Muncy, they don't seem to be too fond of him, along with a lot of other guys on this team. So I think it's an easy segue for the Los Angeles Dodgers to step away from that. I'm not sure what the clause would be from a financial standpoint, but the Dodgers are like Gutenberg. They're printing money back there, so it doesn't make a difference. They Even if they have to pay him out for next year, I think if you're L.A., you've got a great situation. You can bring in a Scherzer, who's going to be a clubhouse guy like a uh, Clayton Kershaw already. I just think this solidifies L.A.'s push to be able to go get the uh, second World Series. Uh, they also picked up earlier in the day Danny Duffy, veteran left-hander. I agree with the Dodgers making these moves from this perspective. They finally won a World Series last year. Yeah. They have a chance to repeat, right? right. I mean, this is, this is part of a legacy thing here for the Dodgers. Padres in a little different boat, trying to bolster themselves, most likely to get into a, a, a wild card game and probably have to face the Dodgers or the Giants. From the Padres' perspective, what's left? They still need a leadoff hitter. They, they need another starting pitcher, but they really need a catcher. With the Cubs stealing Rizzo to the Yankees, I thought it opened the door for Hosmer to go to the Cubs, maybe for Wilson Contreras. Well, why would you take him if you're the Cubs? Listen, his contract, in terms of performance or the contract? I'm talking contract. The contract was very heavy, weighted to the front. The $21 million for the first four years and then 19 for the next three. So he has one left at 21 and three left at 19. So it's a $60 million haul um, over... But you're not winning right now if you're the yeah. Cubs. There's no reason to pay that kind of money. This is not the NBA where everyone just accepts bad contracts left and right. Yeah. This is they the just nuts. sign them in baseball. Yeah. This is the nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw talking about all the movement around the trade deadline here this afternoon in Major League Baseball. Amal, I thought unsung and not heralded as much uh, yesterday. The White Sox pick up Cesar Hernandez from the Indians in division. They've been trying to fill the second base void all year. Well, why you're you, laughing already. Well, yeah, because <laughs> when you asked me this yesterday, why didn't you make that comment? What's that? I, you asked me, what, what did you think about Hernandez going to the White Sox? I said, no big deal. I did. Did, did I ask you that? Yes, you on did. On text or on no, the show? No, on the show. I don't remember. Uh, it, was all, it was all a blur once you started ranting about the eighth unit play and all that stuff. Uh, eighth unit play? What are you eighth talking? unit. Quarter unit, half oh. unit, Lou. Uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz. News out that he is uh, out indefinitely. Uh, Does he have a hangnail? Foot, maybe. Fo I think it's a foot Oh, now. he's got a spare. Stop complaining. Get out there. <laughs> What does this do to the race in the uh, AFC South? Does nothing. Look, the reality of it is this guy's got to be ready for the regular season. How long is he going to be out? Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Does it mean tomorrow? Does it mean next year? They're talking about Eason from Washington. Jacob. Jacob Eason. Big yeah, Let's go, Jacob. <laughs> Strong arm. I'll tell you one thing. He's probably not going to get hurt as quickly as Wentz. Will he be better than Locker? Well, you know, listen, Jake was never a great passer. Jake was a great athlete. Remember, this yeah. is a kid that led the Cape Cod League in hitting in the Wooden Bat yeah. League up there. I mean, this guy was one of the great athletes of all time. Um, so I'm not going to compare him to Locker. I, I think Easton's a little bit better of a passer. Locker was one of the best athletes I've ever seen a quarterback. Uh, and then behind Easton, you got your boy from Texas, Sam Ellinger. Uh, let's go direct snap to Jonathan Taylor, bring out an extra lineman. Forget that nonsense. <laughs> let's go double tights. Uh, Yankees. What about them? Uh, are they done acquiring Italians? They pick up Gallo. They pick up Rizzo. Uh, are they still relevant? Um, yeah, because they're the Yankees, but in reality of the uh, division and the pursuit of the playoffs this year, no, they're not relevant. Are you surprised by all the moves the Blue Jays are making? I mean, there's 
they're going to have to go on a run where they play 700 ball and and hope for help to make it to the playoffs, I think. Well, look, you're going to have to win the head-to-head matchups, right? They've got games against the, their uh, division rivals in front of them. They're 10 and a half back, but when you look at the wild card right now, uh, they're just four and a half back. They're trying to get into the wild card, hoping to win one game against Tampa and or uh, you know Oakland, whichever team they could potentially face off against. So I think that's how they're looking at how that's how they're looking at. Yeah, it. they go out and they get they get Barrios, the reliever. So I mean, the, the rotation is going to be strong there, but uh, I, I don't know. I just think they're too far out of it. and too many teams to overcome as well. When you talk about Red Sox, you talk about Rays, and of course the Yankees still in the mix. And Oakland in a good position in the West for the wild card. No, but when I look at their schedule, they play some weak teams. They, they've got some opportunities. They play these. I mean, they've got a bunch of games which they can make up some ground in. So I don't have a problem with this move. All right, this time it's our pleasure to bring on to the nuts for the very first time our friend Paul Allen, voice of the Minnesota Vikings, as well as Canterbury Park. Good morning, Paul. Yo, what's going on? Good morning for you. Good afternoon for me here in the cornfield. Let me, let me tell you, you sound like Pavarotti. You sound absolutely <laughs> great this morning or this afternoon. I do. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cover. It's a man's, man's, man's world, like uh, Pavarotti did with that James Brown piece. But um, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe God gave me a little Barry White today. Paul, I want to talk about Rick Dennison. Uh, didn't want to get vaccinated. He's been relieved of duty, offensive line and running game coach for the Vikings. What impact does that have on this t- on the team this year? Well, the the uh, the last thing you said is, is most key, um, and and he is our run game coordinator. And you know, last year we we ran second most in the NFL behind Tennessee. The year before that, behind Baltimore. And um, the Vikings run a lot, specifically with Dalvin Cook. They play action a lot and they bootleg a lot. Uh, Rick has a master's in engineering. Uh, he has been to, he's won many Super Bowls. He's he's brilliant. Okay, he's quiet, but he's just a brilliant guy. So the the run game piece that's uh, that's something that definitely bears following. Um, now you know, but he will be assisting from a consulting standpoint. But he's it's not going to be hands on, and you know it's going to be completely different. I really like the uh, the assistant Phil Rauscher, um, who cut his teeth with Bill Callahan, super well-respected offensive line coach. Uh, but uh, you, you really brought up the A topic with the offense right out of the gate. Run game coordinator gone. He's brilliant. Uh, what are we going to do? And that's the big question mark in terms of how this team replaces that. Paul, I want to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Jefferson had one of the great years of all time. Unfortunately, lost out for rookie of the year to Mike's favorite uh, stepson, uh, Justin Herbert. But can he duplicate what he did in his second year? Because he really looks like he's in an ascension that's going to put him at an elite level uh, long-term in this league. Yeah, you, you know what, Amal? Uh, in, the, in the 20 years I've called games for him, what he did last year is one of the greatest accomplishments I've ever seen from, from a Minnesota Viking in my life. And the reason I say that is because with the virtual offseason, no preseason games, and you're learning to run routes in the NFL and you go for 1,407, you know, and, you're, and you're, you get markedly fewer targets and receptions than like DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs, yet your, your numbers were still really close to them. This kid is unbelievable. Uh, he's going to be better than he was last year. And I'm curious to see where the numbers are going to go because Thielen got the touchdowns and Jefferson moved the chains. Now, with Kyle Rudolph gone, you know, Irv Smith Jr. in his third year, uh, Irv's going to have a big say in this offense too, and we throw to Dalvin. Uh, but Jefferson, some things I've seen from him this offseason and at practice with the way he gets off the line of scrimmage and, and 
how everything is full speed, which is so key. And it's, it's easier said than done. But, um, but nevertheless, Justin does it all full speed, man. He's special. Talking to Paul Allen, PA on the mic, Minnesota Vikings play-by-play uh, announcer, as well as the voice of Canterbury Park. Paul, let's take a look at the NFC North. Here at Circa, where we sit in the studio on Friday, the Vikings actually became the favorite in the division when the thought was Aaron Rodgers would not be returning to the Packers. Obviously, he's coming back. Packers are favored to win the division, minus 160. Your Vikings are plus 250 to win the division, and their season win total is set at 9, over minus 115, under minus 105. Tell me what the expectations are from your standpoint on what the Vikings can achieve this year. Will they give the Packers a run for the money in the North? Are they looking at a wild card? Well, I, I'd smack the over nine, and I'm not being Homer guy. It, it's nine. Holy cow! With 17 games too. Okay. Um, so I mean that that's um, I mean they're that's revisionist history right there, man. I mean that's prisoner of the moment looking at the crap defense last year because of injuries and you know just things that went into the seven win season. We won seven games last year, and it's the worst defense Mike Zimmer's had since he's been here, and it's not even close. And free agency wise, they they smashed bringing in Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, they get Michael Pierce back from a, from a COVID opt-out, big nose tackle, and, um, and he's going to help the run, the run defense a ton. Daniel Hunter was out all year last year. Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks. Are you kidding me? Um, they, yeah, I mean, if we don't, if we don't get over that nine, <laughs> then, then there are going to be some problems here. When it, uh, when it comes to winning the division at plus 250, I mean, I dabble at it to be honest with you. Uh, plus two fifty is a little higher than I thought it would be. Uh, with uh, Aaron, Aaron is galvanized, and and he is galvanized in a way where he, to a certain extent, played the martyr role. And and I was on Aaron's side during during the entire situation with the organization. They're going to be good, uh, and they should be good. Now they've had some offensive line change, um, and I think their offensive line is going to regress from what Aaron is used to. Uh, but uh, they are the rightful favorites, the team to beat. Vikings can beat them if we stay healthy. Uh, but, um, man, if, if we don't win 11 games this year, then I'm honestly I'm going to be shocked. Hey, you mentioned they lose Corey Lindsley. He goes to the Chargers. That's a big upgrade for them on the offensive line. Rodgers losing uh, all-pro center there. Paul, I want to go back to the defensive side of the ball. I don't know as a collective if any team in the NFL lost more talent from three players with Hunter, Kendricks, and Barr being out and what those guys contribute to the front seven. And then just talk to me a little bit about how good Harrison Smith has been throughout his career. He is one of the most under-heralded safeties in the NFL, in my opinion. Take it a step farther, uh, Amal. You know, it's not only the players you lost – but the, the secondary was littered with rookies in Cam Dantzler and first-round pick Jeff Gladney. Now, they're rookies in a virtual offseason playing for Mike Zimmer, who's a Super Bowl-winning coach as a, a defensive backs coach. <laughs> I mean, it was an unqualified disaster out of the gate when Rodgers came in there and just basically puppeteered the game. Um, so that, that really impacted the season last year. Um, and because of that, because of all, all that I just shared, um, I think Harrison Smith just had the best season of his career. And when I, when I posed that to Harrison, he said, I understand what you're saying, but he disagreed. And, and the understanding part would be is he had to cover up for these kids so much the entire season that it made it look like he was in the wrong spot. Sometimes he's a scholar of the game. Uh, Harrison is in the wrong spot one out of every 17 times. So um, he is a potential hall of famer. 
and um, he is just a fantastic uh, individual on and off the field. Paul, I want to stay in the division and talk about the Bears a little bit. They they pick up Andy Dalton, and then they draft Justin Fields with their first-round pick. Do you anticipate Fields will be their starting quarterback in the first quarter of the year? Uh, I think he's going to come in week two. Uh, this is, team's got to be all in right now uh, from a head coach and GM perspective. No, I use him game one. Um, he He's the guy, man. That's it. It, it. I mean, Andy Dalton, God bless the red rifle, you know, but, but we have, we have a ceiling there and you can win games with Andy, but you know, if I'm Mr. Nagy and Ryan and um, the, the organization there and the position they potentially are in and you have a, a, a an elite football mind fan base, they don't want to sit back and watch Andy Dalton. Uh, you need to put Justin Fields in there right away. He's good. His deep ball is going to be better than people think. His moving ability is better than people think, even though he's not a running quarterback per se. I think he's going to be terrific. And um, and I use him game one. Paul, I want to ask you about uh, <clears throat> about the, the Lions now. They're in a rebuild mold, obviously, well, with Dan Carpenter coming in. But the projections are so, so low on them. They trade Stafford, they get Goff, but a season win total for the Lions of five. Are are we underestimating the Lions at all? Or are they going to be this bad? Well, no, I I'm I you know I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go under a five. Yeah. I, maybe I would, but um, but I ain't going over a five. You know, uh, we're going to find out how important Sean McVay was to Jared Goff here in in the very near future. Um, in letting in letting Kenny Galladay go to the Giants. There, there is some form of rebuild that's taking place there, and you know it, it will bear its fruit in due time. But they, uh, they got a lot of work to do, man, to win games. Um, they can beat the Bears, you know. I don't think they can beat us. I don't think they can beat Green Bay. So that's four losses right there. Um, but no, I don't. They, this is an absolute from the bottom rebuild by the organization. It's the right thing to do, but you know you just need to be patient. I like the Los Angeles Rams with the acquisition of Matthew Stafford. I thought he was a guy that never got enough credit for what he did in Detroit because he didn't have a running game or the team around him. I believe they're going to be the team to emerge from the NFC. Mike makes a compelling argument that Tampa's probably in a little bit of an easier division. Uh, Your guys' division for Green Bay could potentially be a little bit easier to navigate than the NFC West. Where do you think the Rams wind up with that terrific defense but with the acquisition of Stafford and with Akers being out now? Yeah, you know what? Um, until they stop trading all their first-round picks and acting like they're reinventing the game in ways to build teams, it's a house of cards for me. And and they, you know, when McVay jumped in and a lot of things were new and they got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, that currently is the ceiling. I think it's going to be the ceiling. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, they're going to lose Cam Akers, uh, the Florida State kid. I think he went to Florida State. Yeah. But he, he's a very underrated running back. Um, so Stafford's good. I've seen him all of his career. You know, you can win with Matthew, but there's a lot of pressure on Matthew too, um, because he could roll up with 4,500 yards in the motor city and they're never going to the playoffs. And there's just a certain degree of pressure that he and others are going to be facing this year that, that Matthew has not felt during his career. So when I say house of cards, yeah, I take Aaron Donald 10 out of 10 times and Jalen Ramsey can play. I like their team. I'm just, I'm just not exactly sure what it is. Um, and in that division, they're going to win that division. I think Seattle's heading the wrong way. Um, I'm not sure what to think of Arizona and Kingsbury. Uh, but, um, but with the Rams, they're going to make the playoffs, and they got that good defense. Um, I, I would take probably three, four, maybe five teams in the NFC before them. 
Paul, I'm really high on the San Diego Chargers. I mean, this this team blew five double-digit leads last year with Anthony Lynn managing the games. I think they did a good job in the draft to shore up their offensive line, and I think Justin Herbert's just going to continue to get better. Do you think the Chargers can make noise and make a deep run in the AFC playoffs? Well, you know, they Denver's going to be better, too. And, you know, Denver, I think, was heavy in trying to get Aaron, and then Green Bay was never going to move him. So, you know, that's kind of a behind-the-scenes tell that they still are not happy with their quarterback bid. Locke throws too many interceptions. Teddy never throws it down the field. Uh, I love the Chargers, and I love the Chargers to potentially get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Herbert is is special. Um, I feel Jefferson should have been the rookie of the year last year by an inch, but Herbert won it by an inch. Big deal. Uh, Eckler can beat you many ways. Their offensive line has really been fortified. And they have some players on defense not many have heard of um, who are very good. So the you know with the Chargers you know, you, and and you got coaching situations and new offenses and defenses, there are going to be things through which they have to work. But that is the best team in Los Angeles, in my opinion. Paul, you make a compelling argument as to Herbert winning the uh, Rookie of the Year, but I say this: if Her- Jefferson didn't win it last year, no other player outside of quarterback can win it anymore. Yeah, that's a brilliant way to look at it. And when I'm on my radio show back here on KFAN, the uh, the Friday co-host, Paul Charchian, who joins Mitch and Pauly and follow the money frequently, you know, he, a couple, within the last couple of weeks, he, he um, was laying out odds for Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And and this this tight end for Atlanta, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I'm in love with this guy. He, he's he's going to be virtually unstoppable. They're going to have to double him. And that means Calvin Ridley's going to be the one to beat you. Um, and But then, like, a tight end hasn't won it since Mike gets up. What the hell's up with that? Hey, I hear music. Hold on. How is St. Louis only minus 140 against the Twins? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but with, with the Twins in sell-off mode, Canterbury Park might be the hottest ticket in town. Thanks for the time, Paul. Great. Paul Allen, terrific He's stuff. Always Great a- breakdown of the NFC North. I absolutely agree. Vehemently disagree with his uh, assertion that the Rams were one of the five other teams that could get ahead of them. He likes the Cardinals today in Major League Baseball. We'll take a look at some of the key matchups. That's next on The Nuts. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Huge news out of the Windy City, and I'm not talking about Brigantine, New Jersey, but out of Chicago, Craig Kimbrell growing, going across town from the Cubs to the White Sox, Amal. Yeah, huge acquisition for the Chicago White Sox. This shores up their bullpen. If you look at the numbers Kimbrell has had this year, it's unbelievable in terms of what he's been able to produce. I'm not sure it's bigger than Cesar Hernandez, but it certainly helps them. According to you. Uh, <laughs> Look, you can make the argument that Kimbrell is your National League Cy Young, especially if DeGrom doesn't come back. All right, he's been unbelievable. This is the best season of his career. Well, you know, most voters should probably have their votes rescinded, but uh, it, unfortunately, it's going to be somebody who's a starting pitcher. They won't give yeah. it to Kimbrell. Now he switches leagues, so he's out of the mix. Yeah. Same people that are making Garrett Cole the favorite in the American League. Uh, let's take a look at some of the key matchups here, especially involving playoff God, teams suck? or division leaders. 
Uh, I'm going to start at the Trop, one of your favorite stadiums in Tampa. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Tampa Bay tonight. A battle of the top two teams in the AL East. The Red Sox head south to invade uh, Tampa Bay. Is it really an invasion? It is an invasion. It is an invasion. Uh, Martin Perez goes for the Sox tonight against Josh Fleming. Fleming has has taken up some key innings here, eating yeah, he up has. some key innings. When we talk about a lack of starting pitching, I mean, he's had a terrific, terrific rookie season here for the Tampa Bay Rays as they continue to just plug and play all these places with their pitching staff. But I'm not sure they deserve to be a dollar thirty-five favorite at home here tonight. A total of nine. Yeah, Fleming. I think he's given up ten earned runs his last two uh, eight and a third innings pitched. Really has struggled at times. Uh, Perez has not been much better. When you look at his WHIP, I think he comes in around one and a half. So a little bit of concern there. This could be a bit of a higher scoring game, Mike. Four four. I think we see both sides get to. I would look towards the over here. I'm not a believer in Fleming or Perez. Yeah, I lean I lean Red Sox here at, at a plus price. You can find closer to plus one twenty in some parts here. Uh, I just think they're hitting the ball very well. They crushed the, the Rays on their way out of town back to Toronto yesterday, 13-1. to And this team, uh, they may have some staying power. We keep, waiting. we keep waiting for Sale to come back, but somehow they're keeping it together and staying ahead in this AL East race. Well, they still have the best 3-4-5 in baseball. When you look at what they're able to do offensively, yesterday obviously was an aberration. They got pounded by Toronto, but uh, not a bad play here when you get the plus price here when you look at Boston. Let's shift uh, a little bit to the Northwest and to Atlanta where the Brewers off the off a few wins in uh, Pittsburgh travel to play the Braves. You get Corbin Burns tonight for the Brewers against Toussaint making a spot start for the Braves. Dollar forty-five on Burns. The total here at SunTrust eight and a half. It's going to be a great matchup here. Uh, I like Burnsy. Uh, I also look towards the under here. Uh, Toussaint's been terrific, even though he's got a, a short amount of uh, work. When you look at it. Tuki Toussaint, but to me, uh, Burns has been outstanding. This is why I still think Milwaukee's a dangerous team in the National League that enough people are not discussing. Uh, I don't like taking the under at SunTrust with an 8.5, but uh, not necessarily the worst play in the world. Uh, I know you're a first five guy. Is this something where you would look here at the first five with a 4.5? Not a bad number. I thought it would be a 4. Yeah, I, th- I like the 4.5, actually, uh, in this spot. And Burns has pitched very well. We know he got off to the hot start, struggled a little bit heading into the All-Star break, but has seemed to regain his form. And as you said, Tucson has actually pitched better this year in a short sample size than he has in the last few. Big matchup in the Bay tonight in San Francisco as they start the series between the Astros, leaders in the AL West, and the Giants, leaders in the NL West. Framber Valdez, who's been terrific for the Astros, takes the mound tonight against Kevin Gossman. You could argue that Gossman uh, has had a Cy Young year as well in the National League, outside of Jacob deGrom, of course. Uh, We see the Giants here, a 130 favorite. You can get plus 115 in some spots on the Astros. I lean Astros here with that lineup and with Framber Valdez on the mound. I, I actually like San Francisco here. A couple of things in play. Either you lose Alvarez as the DH and you put him in at first base or you lose Guriel at first base. So you're going to lose one of those bats. You put in Valdez in the lineup. So that's two ABs where you're probably not having one of those big guys in terms of hitting. And you look at the numbers. Guriel at 316 this year. Uh, 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 Alvarez, excuse me, around 280, 285. So he's done a terrific job. I think uh, this is one where Gosman's the better pitcher, home team. I like the Giants at home tonight. We'll agree to disagree. If you're the Dodgers, you take on the Diamondbacks this weekend, the Giants get the Astros. you got to hope you can make up one or two games over the weekend. Yeah, I think if you're Houston, excuse me, if you're San Francisco, you hope to get two out of three. And if you're the Dodgers, realistically, it would be disappointing. If you you got to win at least two, but you would expect a sweep. Yeah, I think you have to hope that you're going to pick up at least one game in the standings. Yeah. They dropped the game back to three yesterday got to hope to come out of the weekend. I think they only have three games remaining against the Giants. Is that right? Uh, that could be correct. They've played them a ton of times, it yeah. seems. Back and forth, back and forth uh, over the months. 
The Padres picked up uh, picked up a game on the Dodgers in the wild card race yesterday as well. 3-0, and they can continue to get Colorado, who, as you have continued to remind me, they just can't score runs on the road. They just, they can't. I mean, this is a team, it was funny, a friend of mine asked me yesterday, he goes, I can't, don't you have to take Freeland? I said, you know, the Rockies have 10 wins in, in what, 49 games on the road? They just don't score, though. They don't score. You're better yeah, off they, just playing the unders. Absolutely right. If, if they you just like the Rockies score. pitcher, and tonight it's going to be John Gray. All right, when we come back, Palm Reader Playbook, we're going to go to the Amal End segment, as well as yesterday we didn't give our official picks on the Bengals. We'll do that when we come back. The VSEN College Football Betting Guide is finally here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VSEN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at vsin.com slash subscribe. I'd take the free option of all, other than $19.99. I think that's probably preferred by most people. I would agree with yeah, you. I don't know why you wouldn't do the free trial. I mean, all, right. it's, it's, all you got to do is log on, get set up, see if you like it. If you, you do, it. it's $20, $20 a month. They're always running specials. I think there's some negotiating. There's a little wiggle room. You can you can beat Bill 80 down on the prices. Great fade material. A little material. bit of an inverted. There's some great fade material in there. <laughs> great, exactly great. We got we got the Jayhawks win the Big Twelve. You fading the Royals, the Jayhawks to win the Big Twelve. Everybody with those Royals AL Central tickets, saddened hey, by the Danny hey, Duffy. Hey, let me tell you, I, I can tell you who's going to win every league. Oh, but I'm not in there. No, you're not in there. You don't have time. You wouldn't write your own obituary. All right, let's go to our plays of Palm Reader Playbook. I've got two plays today, both in baseball and both run lines. I'm going to take Big Daddy Lance Lynn. I still believe he's going to win the Cy Young in the American League. Best bet was probably to take him at. Four to one earlier in the week. The guy tweeted at yesterday. He got him at forty to one about two months ago. Good for you to win two thousand uh, dollars. Takes on the Indians. Uh, Maya tonight. I'll lay the run and a half here, minus one fifteen. I'm not really interested in laying two dollars, but he's been so good. And the White Sox, such a season they're having. They have to be energized, especially the fact that they get Kimbrel. I mean, he didn't have to go far. The, the the Cubs were in town. He goes right across town to them. They pick up Cesar Hernandez. This is going to be a heck of an American League playoff to me. And then, like I said earlier, the Dodgers have to think this weekend is the time to make up ground. This might be Gonsolin's last start here, depending on if they land the Scherzer deal. Um, he's taking on the Diamondbacks tonight. I'll lay the run and a half here as well. Same price as with uh, Lance Lynn, minus 115. I like your play on the Dodgers. That's one of the reasons I like doing the show. I don't have any plays today. But I got very lucky last night with Mexico scoring in the 90th minute plus nine minutes of extra time out of 12. Uh, getting the W there on the minus 180. But uh, I like this Dodgers play you have on the run line. I'm not going to touch this White Sox game because the offense has really been struggling. That's the one concern I have when you look at Chicago at this point in time. Uh, Giants game, I'm looking at this one. Potentially taking the Giants or even the under there. And you mentioned the Padres. I don't want to take the under even though Gray's on the mound against Weathers tonight because I think the Padres could bust out. You just never know with this team offensively. But this Rockies team continues to struggle. I almost think when you look at them, 
They have won 22% of their road games, 11 and 39 on the road. Do you automatically just have to start playing these other teams simply based on pricing and even take a shot with the run line? I think you do. Um, or you put together, I mean, if you want to put together a, a money line parlay tonight, I mean, you could do that with these games. I mean, you could take Lance Lynn, you could take the Dodgers, you could take the Padres on the run line. I know you like the Giants as a very small favorite, so you probably wouldn't throw them in there. But there's definitely betting opportunities evolve. And now, as teams are sellers or buyers, we take a look at where, where they think their ceilings are, and I think there'll be even a more of a dichotomy in baseball. Well, that's why I think you're playing the Dodgers a good one tonight. I think you have a little bit of an infusion of energy. With the acquisition of Max Scherzer, Trey Turner into this lineup, I think this team becomes even more dangerous. And against an Arizona team where they've traditionally hit the ball well at chase, I think they've got a good opportunity, especially laying on a run and a half. I'm actually surprised. What are they, 180 on the regular line, I think, and they're 115? I'm surprised they're not 125 or so, simply because of Chase and how the Dodgers normally do. And being the road team, as you always point out, they get the ninth AB. Think about this. Is is Clayton Kershaw now your fourth starter? He is, Scherzer, yes. Bueller, Urias, and that Kershaw. Yeah, but the one thing is you would point to the postseason experience. And here's the other yeah. problem. This is what drives me nuts in sports sometimes. There's no doubting the greatness of Clayton Kershaw and the career he's had. But when we come to the postseason, we see this so many times. People are like, well, we're going to allow this guy to retire. No, you, he hasn't been playing for free for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's like with certain players like Brett Favre or anyone else. Oh, no. I'm like, he hasn't played for free. So why are you acquiescing? At the end of the day, the objective of the team is to put a winning product on the field or the best team that you can win with. And to me, at this point in time, Clayton Kershaw, to your point, is your number four starter. Who's your number one? <laughs> That's a great question. To me, you know, we're going to disagree on this. So I- you're wrong. I still think Walker Beeler in a, a winner-take-all spot. They don't you, lose. You made a good point. They don't lose when he's on the bump. You think maybe it's because he's got a, a lead offense with him? 26-5 and five over the last three years. How many games do you think Maxie would have lost if he had this Dodgers team behind him? I don't know. Max has bounced back. Remember he had a rough start? He gave up a bunch of home runs, and since then he's been The ter- guy's 36. He was too busy left, lifting all those Cy Young awards in the offseason. Since then he's been terrific. Um, but for me, it's still Walker Beeler. You, you, you disagree. I do. I, I think Maximus is still the second-best pitcher in baseball behind DeGrom, and right now DeGrom has not been healthy. I, I think you get Scherzer. I said any team that acquires Scherzer has to go to the front of the line to be able to win the World Series, and you look at the Dodgers, already the favorites. With the addition of Max, it's unbelievable. And here's the thing that's not getting talked about enough. Trey Turner. You know what the problem with Trey Turner is going to be? He's going to take away RBIs from Betts and Bellinger because he's going to hit some solo shots to lead off the game. He definitely will. Uh, Chris Bennett was asked this question yesterday after uh, – it Minnesota Vikings the, homer? No, from the yeah, he is. <laughs> Padres to the Dodgers with Scherzer. That's huge. It, if it's Padres at Dodgers in a one-game wild card, and it's Darvish versus Scherzer or Bueller, what's the line on the game? Just, just where's, this, where's the game at? at Chavez Chavez Ravine. Dodgers minus 170. Yeah, he said 140. I think that's a cheap price. Yeah, well, I, I could never take the Padres favorites. plus 130 in that spot. No way. You got a Dodgers with Scherzer or Bueller yeah. on the mound against you, Darvish, Mr. Hanging Breaking Ball. It, it, this line's going to be 155, 160. Now let's change the scenario. Yeah. Let's say this falls through and the Padres get back in the race for Scherzer. Padres at Dodgers, Scherzer against Bueller. Bueller favored on the bump at about 120. I agree with you. I agree. He's got 120, 125. Hey, Amal, a lot of people uh, tweeted at us, wrote in. Mo Egger was great yesterday, but you and Amal didn't give your official Cincinnati Bengals picks uh, because we kind of tied that into the Cincinnati segment. Did you have an official play on the Bengals? I didn't. I'm going to have Jacob throw the uh, the plays back up here in terms of their offensive players of the year and rookie of the, the year. Individuals. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Here, let's eliminate one thing. Let's go ahead and eliminate Jamar Chase on wide receiver for rookie of the year, even though I think he's going to have a terrific year. Because to me, Mike, I still look at Justin Jefferson. I know your son got the award. But the fact that Jefferson didn't win it last year, I think it becomes extremely difficult for any other wide receiver to be able to win it going forward. 
Paul Allen said that's the best year he's seen out of a receiver in the 20 years he's called the Vikings games. But that, that was my <laughs> yeah. point. I mean, think about that. Think about the season that some of these there, other guys have had. Zach Taylor, coach of the year, 40-1. 40 40 to to one. One. Joe Burrow for offensive player of the year, 50-1. to one. Joe Burrow for comeback player of the year. That's interesting. Seven to one, and then you should draw a line through Jamar Chase. Here's the problem with Burrow on comeback player of the year. You've got Barkley and Dak Prescott ahead of him, but I don't think he missed enough games when you look at other players around the league, right? I think he went out in week 10 or 11. Prescott went out week five or six. Uh, Barkley went out earlier, maybe even than that. Uh, so I, I don't like Burrow as much on comeback player of the year. Offensive player of the year, I don't think so because the Bengals are just not going to be good enough. They have to make the playoffs to be able to get that kind of award. I don't see a scenario unless you throw for like 6,000 yards you're gonna, where you're going to get this thing and your defense is just atrocious. Yeah, for me, I'm not going to have an official play. For me, it'd be Burrow for comeback player of the year at 7-1. to one. It's not enticing enough to me to make the playoffs at 5-1, to one, and 6.5 and over is a tough number to get to 7-10. and 10. I know the Steelers could be bad, but the rest of the other two teams in the division are very good. I agree with you there. To me, I just don't think it's a play, any play on the Bengals here. NBA draft was last night. When we come back, we're going to play eight burning questions with them all about the NBA. The BetRiver Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. BetRiver Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one-time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes BetRivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, playable in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. See the BetRivers Sportsbook app for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. Playable in New Jersey as Play Sugar. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's a good thing I memorized the eye doctor's chart because this thing is so small again. Well, they'll get the font smaller. Yeah. It's like four. Um <laughs> Amal, it's an amazing time, and welcome back into the Nazis. Amal Shaw and Mike Palm. With baseball, the only major sport going on. So much news, though, because you had the NBA draft. Right. Baseball trade deadline today, and a lot of moves in hockey, right? The offseason hockey is amazing, and we'll take some time next week to break it down. But I want to focus a little bit on what happened with the draft last night and then previewing the NBA season. We're going to play eight burning questions. Well, we mentioned at the top of the show the deal that sent Russell Westbrook to the Lakers to play with LeBron. Originally, Walsh reported they were acquiring Buddy Heald. Champ Sardia said no, it was uh, it was Westbrook, and then Walsh confirmed it was Russell Westbrook. I was surprised at this trade. 
Should they have done the deal that Woj reported originally and gotten Buddy Heald instead of Westbrook? Absolutely. I think Buddy Heald is the perfect player to play with LeBron James. Outside shooter could just concentrate on being a perimeter guy. Also, the other thing is personality taken into consideration. I think Buddy Heald would have been a much better fit from a personality standpoint. What's going to happen in game 36 or game 51 when Russell Westbrook goes two for 19 or he just gets you know eight shot attempts in a game? What's going to happen? This is going to be a guy that's going to be verbally outspoken about it. I think it's going to be a it's going to cause some turmoil and some uh, strife within this team. How will Westbrook respond to being coached by LeBron? You know, it's a good question. He's generally not a guy that takes too well to coaching mm-hmm. since his days at UCLA. So let's see what happens now. It's going to be difficult. You've got a coach on the floor, and then you've got a player that doesn't like to engage his other teammates. So should be a lot of fun to watch the Lakers this year. The odds moved at Westgate, I think it was from the Lakers plus 350 to win the title to plus 250. Oh, I thought Still, you were going to say plus 550. No, pl- that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. When they said here, Derek said, what are you going to do to the number? I said it should go up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely believe that. Um, Westgate moved it, though. They moved it down. I think it was plus 350 to plus 250. Still second choice behind the Nets. I know Jeff Sherman's a big Lakers fan. I think it's more anticipating the Lakers fans betting it than the actual reality of the Lakers winning it and moving that number couple of factors to be uh, concerned with. One is the health of Anthony Davis, right? Last couple of years, unable to stay healthy consistently. I still think he's a fantastic player, top five, top seven player in the league. Russell Westbrook, what does he have left? What is his situation? I will say one thing about Russ, and no other player in the NBA does what he does in terms of playing from an intensity standpoint. That is the one guy I, I would not pay to watch any player in the NBA, but if there was one, it would be Russell Westbrook just because you get your money worth, money's worth. He's a little bit like Scherzer in that respect. Scherzer throws every pitch with intensity, Let's, and this kid plays every second with that's intensity. That's why I've always said to me, everyone who talks about Jordan being the greatest competitor, I always say, no, it's Rafael Nadal and Russell Westbrook because these guys play. That's why I always respected Jeter because he always busted it up the first baseline like it was the Game 7 of the World Series. We now know the landing spots after the draft for many of the rookies yeah. uh, and where they'll be playing. So let's take a look at that market. Who's the best bet right now for Rookie of the Year in the NBA? The favorite, of course, the number one pick that went to the Detroit Pistons, Cade Cunningham. Jalen Green, your second choice, plus 450. Evan Mobley, plus 550. Jalen Suggs, plus $8. Scotty Barnes, plus $8. The 4 and 5 inverted to what the market suggested they would be. They're both plus $8. Uh, Book night, 15 to 1, Davion Mitchell, 15 to 1, and Kuminga, 20 to 1. That's uh, really good picks here. Uh, Cade Cunningham going to be the favorite. He's the best player, in my opinion. He's also going to be impactful for the Detroit Pistons, so I think that helps. Uh, Jalen Green has a chance to put up numbers in Houston, so that'll benefit him at 450. Not a bad play. Mobley, I'm going to take him off the board simply because in Cleveland, just not going to get a lot of exposure. You have to have an incredible season. Same thing with Suggs in Orlando. I don't think the team's going to be good enough. Scotty Barnes, if he weren't playing north of the border, I think he would have a better chance in Toronto. I don't particularly like his opportunity there. Uh, Book Knight, I like a lot. I think he's a terrific player. Uh, I'm trying to see where he went. He went to Charlotte. Uh, no, that's that's might as well be north of the border as well. Davion Mitchell, he went number nine to Sacramento, another outpost. Uh, so Jonathan Kumonga with Golden State, I think, has a much better chance here at 20-1 to 1 because the Warriors, I think, are going to be back in the playoff mix and if he's a contributor on a team with Clef, uh, with Steph and Clay, I think he's got a chance to really make some noise and get more national exposure. Do you think the Warriors are a, a top five team next year? No. Um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Lakers, Philadelphia, um, leaving somebody else, uh, the, uh, probably the Clippers. Well, it depends on Kawhi's yeah, health. Right. Um, I put Utah ahead of them right okay. now. And also, I think Denver, you can make a case for. Got to see how well Clay Thompson responds. That's, that's a big question mark. 
Uh, we heard last night Bradley Beal is going to stay with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Next question is, who will lead the NBA in scoring next year? And he is your favorite at plus 275. Luca plus 425. Steph, $5. Dame, plus 675. Joel Embiid plus 750 and Zion plus 950. You know, the first question I would ask on this, and this is very important, is this in total points scored throughout the course of the regular season or is it points per game average? How is it determined? I'm not talking about what the league says. I'm talking about in terms of from a betting Mm -hmm. perspective. That's the first thing. I think Bradley Beal is a guy you can bet on even if he were to get injured because if it's just total points. He is going to take a volume number of shots. It's going to be unbelievable. So I think Bradley Beal at 275 is your play here. What do you think of Embiid at plus 750? Won't be healthy enough, uh, and I also don't think he's going to score enough. When you look at the other guys on this thing, Doncic, Steph Curry, uh, Damian Lillard, I think those guys are rightfully ahead of him. Let's stay with Embiid's team, the 76ers. Question four, are they contenders if they still have Ben Simmons on the roster next season? Their NBA Finals odds right now, 16-1 to to win the East, 8-1. to Heavy favorites to make the playoffs at minus two. Two dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I mean, I, this is an Australian to Australian comparison here, but I'm gonna give you a quick tennis analogy. Nick Kyrgios is a guy who's a tremendous tennis player, but he never engages and doesn't give enough of an effort. If Ben Simmons said, "I'm gonna take this entire offseason, he's not playing for Team Australia," if he chose to sit out this year, which he has, and just really focus in on his shooting and his ability to score the basketball, Mike, I think the Philadelphia 76ers could be your best 16 to one bet ever. If he said, "Look, I'm just gonna go do this," and if Joel Embiid can stay healthy going into the postseason. You could have a combination that should be highly elite. I mean, this is this is a combination that would have a tremendous chance if he really just developed the jump shot, even if he could just make free throws. He doesn't have to be a three-point shooter. Have a 10 to 12-foot uh, shot and then a free throw line uh, shot. He's got a great chance to make an impact. We haven't talked a lot about the Olympics at all. Really not at all. Is minus 215 a good price for Team USA to win gold? I still think so. I think when the chips are down, they're still the best team, and I think they've got a great opportunity. Where are you going to get Team USA at this type of price? I mean, these other teams, yes, they have a lot more continuity. USA, obviously, players coming in middle of the, the start, uh, re- particularly referen- uh, referencing the three guys, uh, Booker, uh, Holiday, and, of course, Middleton. Question six, which of the following four teams is the best bet to make the playoffs? The Knicks at minus $2, the Pacers at minus 136, the Raptors at plus 110, or the Hornets at plus 130? Uh, let's start with the Eliminators real quick, the Toronto Raptors. This The odds should be longer on this team. Um, you know, they're not particularly as strong as I thought they would be. I will tell you, though, I think Scotty Barnes is going to be terrific for them. I don't know how much he's going to do scoring-wise, but he can defend so well. And I don't think there's enough uh, value put into defensive players. He's so long, it's going to be tremendous what he can do on one, two, and three defensively. Pacers, I'm not sure about. I'm not necessarily buying them because I want to see what they do from a move standpoint. I think they'll still make some more moves. Uh, Hornets, no, I don't I don't think so. It's got to be the Knicks, even though they're a two-dollar favorite here. Remember, they were a four-seed last year. Question seven, which of these four teams is the best bet to make the playoffs? The Trailblazers at minus 220, the Grizzlies at plus 120, the Pelicans at plus 113, or the Spurs at plus 280? Before I answer this question real quickly, remember, there's a playing tournament next year, seven through ten seeds, but you have to qualify as one of the eight teams that plays in the best of seven uh, series. So uh, let's eliminate the Spurs. Too long to go. I'm actually surprised Pop is hanging around uh, simply because it's just kind of destroying his record. This team is not going anywhere fast. Pell's at 113. I don't, I'm not going to take them. 
Uh, the Blazers minus 220, no. And I'm telling you, Mike, the play here is the Grizzlies a plus 120. Jaron Jackson, John Morant, I like this team where they're going. And then factor in that Damian Lillard could potentially get traded from the Portland Trail Blazers. If he's on the move, it has a huge impact in terms of how Portland's performance is next year. What did you think of the Spurs pick at 11 of pre, or at, of 12 at Joshua Primo from Alabama? I like I, I like Primo. He's yeah. a younger player. Uh, I think he might be the youngest guy in the draft, but uh, not, you know, to me, I, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have as a rookie. See, the problem in the NBA draft is it's all about projection. What can a guy be in three to five years? It's not necessarily you, – you, it's like a bonus when a guy can contribute as a rookie or really have an impact. So, I mean, he's not going to have that much of an impact for the Spurs this year. Final question. Which top 10 team needs to make a major offseason acquisition? The Nets, Lakers, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, 76ers, Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks? Well, that's a great question. Um it depends on how you frame this because I think Philadelphia is fine the way they are. They get another shooter. It would be great. You have Harris Embiid and Simmons. Okay. Is Curry's been a nice shooter Lakers. Yeah, they got Westbrook, but I don't think that helps them that much. Uh, the nets might need another piece. I don't know, but they're good enough the way they're constructed. See to me, if Milwaukee added one consistent, great shooter, I think this team has a great chance to repeat. How about the Suns? They made it to the NBA finals. They had a two, nothing lead. Good. Good for them. You dismiss them. They're not in the, the conversation for you next Look, year. I'm not going to take anything away from Milwaukee in terms of the injuries that were there in some of the other teams. They had to go through Brooklyn, win game seven on the road. And I, I love the argument. Everyone goes, if Durant was a show, shoe size smaller. Oh, so the, how do you know he's going to make the shot? If it's, if it's always the same, then can we just go from under the basket to 23 feet being the same? It's just one inch by one inch if you add it up by the time you get out there. The point to me is Phoenix was fortunate enough. No Kawhi Leonard. Lakers were dealing with injuries. Uh, was it Denver they played also? Mm -hmm. They swept Denver. Yeah, Denver. Mm -hmm. No Jamal Murray. Porter injures his back. At some point in time, you got to realize the Phoenix Suns are what they are. I'm all the sell-off in the Windy City on the north side continues. Javi Baez to the Mets. Oh, that's great. So he can add to that team that bats about 210 as a lineup. A little more pop. Gives him a little more pop. I like it long-term. Passion and some passion. Who, who gets passionate about a team that's going to get three hits a game? <laughs> the the, the pitching's still pretty good. Uh, Where, where's Bob Uecker? We only got <laughs> Can't wait to come back on Monday. We'll discuss all the action in the NHL as well as final trades before the deadline hits this afternoon. Make sure you stay tuned to VEASAN for continuing coverage of the trade deadline. Up next, it's betting across America. <laughs> 